this is a belated episode because we were going to record it in the week before Christmas, but we used up all of our time shipping shirts and recording a song called Stand on the Christmas Honk. And then thinking that we might have COVID. Yeah, the, the three genders. <laughs> <laughs> the, the classic three things that you traditionally do in the Yuletide period. Um, and so uh, this episode, we're doing it in January instead because fuck it, time is a flat circle. Um, but it is a Christmas. It is a Christmas theme. Uh, this episode is uh, the pantomime episode. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. Um, I don't know if you even get that. <laughs> I sort of think I might, but I feel like the side story to this with regard to Panto is that what you have to realize about this is I watched the Panto that you sent to me on a day where I had stayed up to like 3.30 in the morning because I had way too much <laughs> caffeine and then was awoken by... I think dogs or something at the door at like seven in the morning. So I was, I was woken by dogs. We had barking and shit in the neighborhood. And <laughs> it's you, like a very like Gorka monologue thing. And uh, so I was operating on about three hours of sleep and mm. I tried to watch the, the, the rude Cinderella panto and That's I was right. just like, That's Cinderella with an S. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> why did I move to this stupid country? Why Cynthia said this numerous times. Why couldn't your mom's ancestors had committed some crimes and gotten sent to Australia and we could have gotten a better passport? I do ask myself that question on a regular basis. But look, the only thing I'm going to say is if we're going to start using a country as a barometer of a normal country, let's not use Australia. Fair, yes. <laughs> um, something about Australia being um largely colonized by uh, criminals and their um and their descendants, I think has has led to it becoming the glorious nation that it is today. You know. And yet somehow they've managed to negotiate this pandemic in a way that Britain, also an island, also full of idiots, has not. I don't hmm. know why. We cannot say. I think because Australians aren't as committed to being miserable. Like British people love it when it sucks. Australians don't. They like things to suck, but only for refugees. They don't like things to suck for them. And that is the difference between a Brit and Australian. A Brit loves it when it sucks for them specifically. I was saying this to one of my American friends the other day. Like the difference between um, American and British patriotism is that like American patriotism is like, oh, like this is the greatest country in the world. It fucking rules. And if you don't think so, you can fuck off. Whereas like British patriotism is like this country fucking sucks. It's shit. And that's how it's supposed to be. And if you don't like it, you can fuck them off. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> More like this country is the greatest country in the world versus this country was the greatest country in the world and it would be still if it weren't for you fucking whiners, you fucking Ramonas. <laughs> insert whomever you're mad Australian at. Australian British patriot there. That's fucking right, mate. I love it's living in Australia and driving a white van. I don't know how I manage it. HMRC took me you off me at Dover. <laughs> I've had to get a transit. Yeah, I I, I realised there I did neither a British nor an Australian accent. I did your British voice. You did my British voice <laughs> trending towards New Zealand as well. Mm. Oh, oh, mate, it got all wet. Oh, it took me ute off me, diver. That's just Andrew Law. That's not <laughs> New Zealand. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Nathan. Oh, Good morning, we're, doing a, we're doing a podcast about Britain. Yes, we are indeed. And we're talking about uh, the Christmas pantomime. Oh, we fucking are. Um, so, uh, to get in the Christmas spirit before we do this, I did get us some Christmas crackers back when they were still on sale. Uh, they've not gone out of date, um, because Christmas crackers don't contain anything perishable, as I just had to explain to Nate. There will be no snacks, no treats of any kind. Um, I was disappointed. I thought there was going to be food. I thought there was going to be some kind of snack in this thing, and there's not. Apparently, it's going to make a loud pop, it's going to give me PTSD flashbacks, and I'm just going to get a fucking hat and Absolutely. nothing else. Yeah, you get the PTSD hat. All right, let's do this. All right, ready? Three, two, Three, one. one. Oh, it didn't even snap. Right, hang on. Just to prove that there was a... Uh... Yeah. All right. That's your one. Three. Ah, shit. Okay. Well, it made a noise or something. Inside your cracker, you will find... A stupid hat. One standard issue paper hat. Brackets one. <laughs> and, you get, and you get a joke and a, and a trivia uh, question. Oh, we don't even, they don't even have trivia questions. The, the, instead of trivia, this one has give a sticker to the person who is the youngest female... <laughs> Hell yeah, the nonce cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the female, and it's got brackets, it says adult human female, just to make sure you know mm. it's a turf cracker. Oh, absolutely. You have another sticker to who is the best dancer. Well, if you give those two stickers to the same person, I can see what you're angling for. Um, who is the fussiest and who is the most musical to your right? Does that mean you have to pick like Brian Ferry or someone? <laughs> <laughs> 
give the sticker to the person who is the oldest male, me, who is the funniest, debatable, who is the laziest, also me, who is the youngest female to my left. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking to my left and all I see are computer parts and a sound barrier. So mm. it says, if nobody wins, keep the sticker for yourself. What is my sticker? My sticker is just uh, a picture of a snowman and a Christmas tree and a snowflake and a Christmas package and that's it. Yeah, we've got, I've, I've got the same. This is like a non-traditional element of the cracker, I have to say. The traditional element, however, is the joke and the hat. What's your joke? Okay, so my joke is, what kind of pet did Aladdin have? A genie something. A flying car pet. <sighs> it's funny because it has the word pet in it. Yeah. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Um... Is it going to be like indidextrin or something? No, tinselitis. Fuck it. That's not even a. What is that even a pun on? Like tonsillitis? Oh yeah. I guess. Ah, <laughs> you get tinnitus. That's what you get. It's actually when you get cancer. Yeah, exactly. What happens <laughs> to you? Uh, gastrointestinal blockage. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Cadmium poisoning. You get put down. Oh, this is jokes for dogs. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Shit. Shit. Well, anyway, now that we're suitably in the Christmas spirit. Yes. Um, uh, only uh, nearly a month too late, but it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wasn't in the Christmas spirit at the time, so fuck it. Well, neither was I. I went on fucking... The, I cycled six miles round trip to the Brixton Testing Center to get fucking tested for COVID <laughs> because I thought I was literally going to get COVID, you know, prove my dedication to stand on the Christmas honk, which That's right. is on brand, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you had died because of a Dutch Christmas single, that would have truly been a podcaster's death. You would have entered podcasting Valhalla there. I was going to say, you just make sure that you put me on a boat and set it on fire when you have my funeral. <laughs> put you in a ute and set it on fire. You, Trump, and Was Bappin meeting at the pearly gates of like <laughs> posting Valhalla. Um, anyway, so... Um, from from the Wikipedia page, because that's the only thing I ever use for research, uh, pantomime, informally panto, is a type of musical comedy stage production designed for family entertainment. It was developed in England, English, and is performed throughout the United Kingdom, Ireland, and to a lesser extent in other English-speaking countries, especially during the Christmas and New Year season. I would say probably just then. I've never seen one not at Christmas. Um, I've never seen this in the United States. I think this is probably more like a white Commonwealth thing. Yeah, I think I would talking... bet you Canada, Australia, New Zealand. You probably see more of it, but none of this in America. Yeah, I think the only other country that really has it at all is Australia, and I don't think it's very popular there. It's like it's very, it's a very cursed Anglo vibe. Um, so uh, it says modern pantomime includes songs, gags, slapstick comedy, and dancing. It employs gender-crossing actors and combines topical humor with a story more or less based on well-known fairy tale, fable, or folk tale. Uh, this is one of the weird things you'll discover where like uh, British people, despite being the most turfy nation on earth, uh, miss no opportunity for cross-dressing ever. Yeah, that is a really weird thing that I have noticed because I think I told you this before that it was strange to me seeing the extent to which the turf fixation is so like mm. in the water here because every whenever I think of British TV in general, anything related to comedy, there's just going to be cross-dressing. Oh, like, absolutely. This was even made in reference to in King of the Hill I think I've told you this joke before where Peggy tries to get Bobby to watch a British comedy show and she says, you might not laugh at, at the jokes. It's more sophisticated than American comedy. And then Bobby says, why is that man wearing a dress? <laughs> and that is, that is British comedy in the eyes of America. And yet, for some reason... That's Mrs. Brown's boys, baby. Turf, man. Turfism. They're just like yesterday it happened to me that I was going through to try because some, someone was, was, was retweeting me behind a fucking locked account. And it was some mm -hmm. dumb turf bullshit. And I was like, well, the person who replied to me doesn't follow me. So clearly they, they follow this account. So I just need to find whoever they follow that's fucking locked and just block them. Mm. So I did. I got, you know, found the person and got rid of it. But while going through it, I saw some of the most insanely cursed replies or, or profiles rather. <laughs> and legitimately, I tweeted about this, but one of them was from the, if you look just at the bio and the people this mm. person follows, it's just like a person they're, they're, they're at was like love and like love and kisses or something. And it was oh, like, yeah, like knitting. Jordy loves knitting, dogs, etc. And then you, you, you click on their profile location, UK, banner image is a huge suffragette flag that says, women don't have penises. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what is going on on this fucking island, man? What is I'm it? Feeling normal. I'm oh, feeling normal. normal. I'm having a regular weekend. Yeah, like, and so that did not escape my notice that uh, when we watched the Panto Cinderella, mm. that's Cinderella with an S, yeah. Cin Cinderella, mm. 
uh, that her right. horrible sisters were, Sorry, of course, Protestant pantomime men in drag. That that, that, course, that they could yeah. pass up an opportunity to to have men in drag and to make yeah. a bunch of racist jokes <laughs> and <laughs> lots of cum jokes. <laughs> to be fair, the racist jokes is purely because it's Jim Davidson pantomime. We'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah. that bit. Well, there was also the older <laughs> guy, the older guy who's in there, who's like some other mm. pantomime fucking person who also makes racist jokes. But yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Davidson like wrote the whole thing though. Um, Sorry. So, uh, yeah, the pantomimes, they're usually based on some kind of, like, folktale or a fairy tale or something. Like, like Cinderella, there's another one about Dick Whittington, like, there's the classic, various classics. Aladdin is another classic one. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and the other main thing you need to know about fucking pantomime is that uh, they like the audience to join in. Because they're primarily aimed at children, unlike the pantomime we watched, which is specifically aimed at adults. Because I thought that would be funnier, because it's like Jim Davidson trying to do a naughty pantomime. <laughs> it's a bit naughty, this one. It's like, yeah, regular pantomimes are supposed to be like a bit bawdy. And like, like the point of a pantomime is a bit like a much... You know how they try and do this a bit with Pixar films, where there's like kind of jokes in them for the adults, mm-hmm. which are always like lame as shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas like pantomime is really like there'll just be like loads of dick jokes in there for the yeah, adults, yeah, yeah. Um, and they just rely on the children being too young to like caught onto it. Um, and so uh, I, bizarrely, it does have its origins in commedia dell'arte, which when you look at a pantomime is very funny to imagine. Um, these people could be Italian. Well, what if a British guy was Italian? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the way I would like to think of this, if you're if you're a regular Britonology viewer, listener, listener, is that uh, ca- <laughs> pantomimes are a bit like Carry On, but for children. <laughs> Fair, yeah, I can <laughs> see that. It's, it's essentially the same shit. But um, an important thing about Britain, about pantomime here, is that they're a great vehicle for washed up celebrities. Just going to give you a quick rundown of some British celebrities who've been in pantomime in like the last 10 years. Uh, the Chuckle Brothers... Chico, uh, he was actually in the same one as the Chuckle Brothers. I don't know if you're familiar with Chico. Nope. He was a guy who was on the X Factor like 15 years ago, and he was like a bodybuilder who couldn't. He was a male stripper. That's what he was. Who couldn't sing, and but just during every song, he would like take off his shirt and just like wiggle his pecs and stuff. So he kept getting through, and then in the end, he didn't win, but he like got far enough that they he ended up releasing a single called "It's Chico Time," which involved him dancing with a big clock where just every number was labeled Chico. It's weird to me how you could be a last round contestant on a British reality TV show and then just become famous in this country because like clubs will in Essex will just be like, yep, make a celebrity appearance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you get like four free bottles of Lambrini. Like that's what that guy lives on. Um, Yeah, it it is technically sustenance. I mean, well, this is the thing. Like Britain, I think, has a lot of people who are famous here who could only be famous in Britain Mm -hmm. to the point where we get other countries cast offs. Like there are various Australians and Americans and Canadians who are famous in Britain who could not be famous in their respective home countries. There's a Peter band. Andre and Jason Donovan are great examples there's, of this. There's a band that was really popular here that had like a kind of one-hit wonder in America, but it wasn't mm. even that big of a hit. A band called the mm. the the, the uh, Fun Loving Criminals. Oh and yeah, yeah. Huge here among like Gen Xers primarily. This is Dave Courtney buying he, all their albums here and in Ireland, and like I cannot express to you how completely forgotten about they are in America. Like they had mm. a song that had kind of a little bit of radio airplay. And then mm. they completely vanished. Whereas, like, they are so massive here that if I'm not mistaken. Like, when the band broke up, like their lead singer just moved to Britain because he could just be famous in Britain. He's a rock star. It's too fucking right. He's a rock star, but only in Britain. So that's right. Yeah. Who, who's whose dream is it not to play like Dartford Racetrack? <laughs> <laughs> that's a dog racing track, by the way. Uh, just just for just for clarity. Uh, so other other celebrities: uh, Stacey Solomon, another former X Factor contestant. The most Essex woman who has ever lived. Yeah. Uh, Henry Winkler from Happy Days. Uh, oh, the Fonz, yeah? Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Was Captain, hey. he was Captain Hook in a production of Peter Pan that happened somewhere in Surrey in 2013. <laughs> uh, Anne Widdicombe. I've put a little exclamation mark in brackets after this. I know Anne Widdicombe from somewhere. I mean, I know the name. Anne Widdicombe is, she used to be a conservative MP. She's a devout Catholic. She's completely insane. She's like a 70-year-old virgin. Genuinely, isn't she makes a big thing about how she's never had sex. And uh, these days she goes on like reality shows a lot, but like just embarrasses herself. But she doesn't, you know, like some ex-politicians will go on reality shows and embarrass themselves, but they sort of know they've embarrassed themselves. And that's kind of part of the joke, like Mm -hmm. Ed Balls. Like, no, like she is fully unaware that she is embarrassing herself and gets really angry when people are like, Anne, you might be embarrassing yourself. Uh, So she was in pantomime. Uh, Gok Wan. 
um, uh, British Asian guy who used to do a show called How to Look Good Naked, um, which was entirely about buying people new clothes. It had nothing to do with making them look good naked whatsoever. And uh, none of those people ended up looking good. Uh, Gokwan had a real low hit rate on that show. Uh, David Hasselhoff. I know David Hasselhoff. Another man who is weirdly more famous in Britain somehow than he is in America. I don't know why. But you know what's funny? Yeah, he's really, really famous. Germany. Germany. Yeah. When I was the Berlin a, Wall. When I was a kid, all of my girl classmates, when we were eight years old, were obsessed with David Hasselhoff. And I'm not joking that when I said goodbye to my next door neighbor, who was a mm-hmm. girl in my grade, she said, we were moving back to America. She says, well, since you're going to America, just, just if you ever see David Hasselhoff, just please tell him that I love him. Like, the extent... Also, J- David Hasselhoff does children's albums in Germany. Whenever my dog eats my pussy, I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, Traditional German greeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who didn't get the reference to the dog eating the woman's pussy, that's uh, a reference to the first Balthazar Speedboat. Yeah, Balthazar and, Speedboat 6. <laughs> and a, a traumatic, expe- semi-traumatic experience I had as a small child reading mm. a German heavy metal magazine that had a cartoon, a funny cartoon for... I thought children about mm. a dog that loves to uh, play games with his master's wife when his master's not away. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot from uh, reading that cartoon. I'm having such problems with my my wife's boyfriend. Erst ein Hund. Ich war von einem Hund gekackt. Mein Hund hat mich gekackt. Das kann nicht stehen. Was machen Sie hier? <laughs> It'd be really funny if it wasn't even his dog. Like just oh, a dog. <laughs> yeah, just like the neighbor's dog is eating my wife's pussy. Mein Nachbarshund hat mir gekackt. <laughs> that's that's fucking right. Um uh, my last three example celebrities uh, Charlie Dimmock this is a real deep cut for the British listeners uh, this is like this is the kind of person who everyone in Britain knows who this is you definitely will not um, she used to be on a show called Ground Force which sounds like it would be about rounding up refugees and sending them back but this was the 90s so it was about renovating people's gardens um, and she was like a kind of like woman your dad is horny for like that's the kind of what I would describe her, her vibe as like Carmela Soprano uh, yeah yeah um, and so she was in. She was in a panto. Um, and Priscilla Presley, bizarrely, was it, what's also funny about these is these pantos are never in like the West End. They're always in like and coming to like Dartford Town Hall. It's Priscilla Presley. Yeah, I was just thinking about like the Milton Keynes racetrack or something oh, like that. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, oh yeah, L- live in in Derby Playhouse. It's Henry Winkler. Yeah, broadcast around the world from a shed in Dorking for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. And Vern Troyer from the fucking yeah, Doctor Evil's yeah. mini me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Before so he died. This is a kind of oh fuck, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he died. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Right. Well, what happened? There you go. Pantomime more dangerous than it seems at first. Um, uh, and the most washed up celebrity of all, Jim Davidson, which brings us neatly to Cinderella, the dirty panto, a bit naughty. I went on Jim Davidson's website in the course of doing some research for this, which sounds unlike me, I know. Um, and Jim Davidson's website has a web store where you can still buy a DVD of Cinderella which was filmed in 1995 and looks like absolute shit. It's like, yeah. it's in 4.3. It's like... Uh, it looks terrible, yeah. W- would you like to guess how much a DVD of Cinderella costs on Jim Davidson's website? $29.99. Oh, you see, it's £15. I think £15 is still a lot. That's still a lot of money for, for, a, for a pantomime from... Uh, like you could buy a Blu-ray of a brand new film that's just come out for that. Yeah, from a, a pantomime from 25 years ago that, like you said, looks... It just looks like it was filmed in really what was not exactly modern technology at the time. No. And so it just looks older than it. Like if you had told mm. me that was filmed in 1985, I would have believed you. Yeah, it was filmed by like Gaz Baz video production, like on on sort of a, a, like an old Casio camcorder that was being powered with a potato or something like that's kind of the overall aesthetic. Um, so I think like kind of before we talk about the panto, we should talk a little bit about Jim Davidson. Um, because I feel like you're probably passingly familiar with Jim Davidson just from like cursed British references. Um, but uh, Jim Davidson has an OBE. Um, so he was born in 1953, which makes him about the same age as my mum. His Wikipedia page says, an English stand-up comedian who hosted the television shows Big Break and The Generation Game, uh, which we've referenced before in Britainology because of Bruce Forsyth, who hosted it before. And he also developed adult pantomime shows such as Boobs in the Wood <laughs> and Cinderella. 
Um, boobs in the wood is actually how every British man gets his first masturbatory experience. Um, Davidson has attracted controversy for his frequent jokes about women, ethnic minorities, homosexuals, and disabled people, but he maintains that he is not prejudiced against these groups as he hates everyone who is not like him equally. There is no prejudice about it. Out of curiosity, I looked up da- Jim Davidson's Wikipedia page and mm. it said that at one point he moved to Dubai and when asked about why he was moving to Dubai, to Dubai he basically said, uh, I'd love to do his accent, but I, I can't really do it convincingly. Mm. And I'm just going to sound like, like Australian <laughs> bad. But basically he said, you know, I figured why not go make some money being an ethnic minority somewhere when I'm already going to be one in my own country in five years. He said yes. that in 2004. Yes. White people are 86% of this country. So mm. anyway, but that yeah, never yeah. stops them from what basically you have the ethnic composition of fucking Michigan in this country and mm. people are a hundred times whinier and people in Michigan are whiny about it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People in Britain, even whinier. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Um, he's currently on his fifth wife. Um, so we Mazeltov. can't, yeah, we can't even really say he has a divorced career trajectory since he's technically been married more times than he has been divorced. So, um, there you go. Uh, on the 27th of August, 2003, after a meeting with the Inland Revenue, Davidson claimed he spent £10,000 a week on back taxes, commission to agents, maintenance and school fees, and a £2.2 million mortgage. My problem is money. I used to earn five times as much as I do now, but I still pay the same maintenance, school fees, and commission to agents. He's right. I don't understand how you're still paying the same commission to agents when it's literally commission. Like, So it's a percentage of what, you, what work the agent gets you. I don't know, man. All these guys, they all end up like penniless because they just cannot manage money. I don't know what it is about the kind of like boomer, like bawdy British comedian brain, but like they just spend all of their money on like gold plated kebabs or something. It just makes me laugh too because it's like if you got that famous that you were doing this stuff and you were successful in the 90s, you could have bought a house in London that's worth a million pounds, two million pounds a day for like 50,000 pounds. Like you were making hundreds of thousands of pounds at the time. Didn't you think to like buy a place? Yeah, just a place somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that could be yours. That's what I would do if I had mm. money. Like if I didn't have to earn literally like the top, you know, being like the top three one hundredths of a percent of salaries to be able to get enough money to fucking buy a ha- the house I live in currently. Mm. That's what I would do. Which is buy a place like so I don't have to worry about a house ever again. Yeah, yeah British yeah. people, like you said, it's it's you know it's Jaguars and uh, and expensive bullshit and estates in fucking Surrey or whatever and so on and so forth. Like it's just. They just, they love credit, these people. They love it. They really it. do. They love spending money. Um, oh, I don't get it. I mean, and like I said, not that we don't have the same washed up celebrity problem, but very few washed up celebrities in America became famous for doing naughty versions of children's fairy tales. <laughs> All of these people forget that they have to pay taxes. It's incredible. On the 6th of July, 2006, having failed to keep up payments on a £1.4 million back tax bill, £1.4 million just of taxes. Incredible. Tax. Taxes weren't that high back then. They're yeah. still not. Uh, that he, he had reduced to £700,000, like in court. Davidson was declared bankrupt. Davidson has responded to accusations of prejudice by saying, it's a difficult thing, comedy, and I'm on a loser. If I cured AIDS and fed Africa and ended Ebola and found that missing aeroplane, I'd still be that horrible, racist, <laughs> sexist, homophobic comedian by people with respect who haven't seen me or are judging me from the past. <laughs> found that missing aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a fucking news story I would like to read. Jim Davidson finding the missing aeroplane. That would rule. That's what he does, you know. He has to redeem Everyone's himself. Everyone's alive somehow. It's like lost. They're all just like on a fucking desert island off the coast of Indonesia somewhere. That's what he does. You know, Jim Davidson, he's, uh, he's going to cure cancer and feed Africa, but he's still going to call everybody the P word for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. It, there is something in the water, I swear. Like a certain kind of like guy who got famous in comedy in Britain. Like the best you mm. can hope for is for them to turn out to be like a David Baddiel. You know, yeah. and that's like the posh ones. The Even one- if I found that missing airplane, people would still be in my mentions. <laughs> exactly. Well, they call me a cunt and a loser. They don't realize it's a crime against humanity. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, the ones who are more sort of like the, I mean, not to disparage working class people, but more like with that background, it seems like it's far more common that they turn into insufferable cunts. Yeah. And that's. That's Jim Davidson, I think. That's that's a lot of these guys, though. Exactly, because they don't have any like guests at dinner parties to worry about. Like. Exactly, and also they benefited from like the most generous period of British, Britain's social safety net growing up, and then they're like, I don't need that anymore. And 
Exactly. Like when they had it, that was just pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. But when you get it, that's the nanny. Jim, you're not allowed to fly tip tuition fees. What's going on? Why, why are you why are you throwing the entire fucking social care system against a random council estate where it says no fly tipping? Mm. Don't be asking me that question. That's right. People they love fly tipping too. That is true. Yeah. Fly tipping is a thing I didn't know about till I moved here. It's it's for American listeners, fly tipping is taking your garbage and just dumping it somewhere, like taking the yeah. dumping furniture like on a random city block or something like that. Anywhere that oh, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. limited amounts of car traffic in Britain, people will just fucking come and put their old furniture there for some reason yeah it's because of the like gigantic brains in british government who have made it so that if you want to like dump more than a certain amount of stuff at like the municipal dump you have to pay to do it and so then people are just like well i'll just dump it on the pavement then and then the count it costs the council more money to pick it up and it's like if you just stop doing this like discussing like Brit- like it, britain like finds a way to like means test whatever it is and then it ends up costing them more money than it did to start with also, Incredible. the dump is called the tip here. And we'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going down to the tip. I remember seeing that in like the neighborhood group chat and just being like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Joe, genuinely, one of the things that reminds me of my dad the most is the concept of the tip because that man loved going down the tip. And like, it was like he genuinely knew all of the guys who worked at the tip because <laughs> he used to go down there every weekend with like garden waste and stuff. Oh, yeah. Which one do you want to end this week, guys? <laughs> That's incredible. Absolutely bizarre. There's a real, like, there's a real, like, British dad energy, which can either be based or cursed, uh, of just, yeah, just, like, loving the tip, going down there, but uh, bantering with the guys down the tip. See, I, I have to ride my bike to the tip, but it's not that mm. far from where I live, and so, like, I've taken some stuff that I just need to get rid of that I don't want to... If you, if this I, fucking queer is ridden his bike to the tip. <laughs> exactly. Jim Davidson is just sitting there in the parking lot, furious at the world, and he sees me. He's like, I'm gonna ride old bloody yeah, yeah exactly i love to i love to die when i get knocked off my bike by like an ice white range rover and like when they find Mm me i'm like you know carrying a duffel bag full of old shit that i probably could have just thrown in the bin anyway but i wanted to be super correct about making sure i turned it in correctly yeah It's uh, they just it, hand your wife like a bag full of waste. <laughs> <laughs> like he had this with him when he died. It was clearly very important. Yeah, we think we think he'd want you to have it. Um, <laughs> it's, Jesus Christ! It's a bag full of rusted parts for a gas cooker. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know very well the kind of stuff Nate would be taking down the tip. I mean, it's it really it's it's yeah it's old it's old uh old drinking glasses that I don't that like are just too lime scaled to be used anymore. Mm. Um, you know, an old bike helmet, the one that I was wearing when I fucking fell off my bike two years ago and got a huge ah, yes. concussion. Probably shouldn't use God, that was one. Was that two years ago? Well, a year and a half, yeah. August mm-hmm. 2019. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been in this weird phase of like random tiredness and insane yeah. headaches, but also really good at music for some reason. Yeah. Don't worry. Nate's brain is completely back to normal now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I discovered my ability to write songs about Dutch baseball teams not too long after hitting myself in the head really hard. Um, so it's all good for content. Maybe not be on one of those like daytime TV documentaries. Like I got a concussion and it changed my life. I was like one guy who learned Chinese and you're like, I developed a savant's ability to write Dutch synth pop songs about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, that was funny. The guy with the Chinese thing, cause he, uh, he had learned Chinese before, but Mm. when he got the concussion, he was so severely concussed. He forgot how to speak English. He could only speak in Chinese and like his Chinese wasn't that good, but it was enough to communicate with. And like, I think he's since regained his English, but like he went on to just like move to China like cool oh, there you go sucks for me if that happens and i wind up like wow a win he, for xi jinping there. He, he, he can't speak english anymore he can only speak pashto i was like well telling the wife we're moving to afghanistan <laughs> that's just what's gonna happen <laughs> man you know what like i think that uh that would that would certainly uh t- teach your wife what side her bread was battered on son exactly thanks jim how's dubai by the way we love it. It's, it's tasty. It's bloody lovely. <clears throat> we absolutely love it. Um, at my last hit about Jim Davidson. In September 2007, Davidson participated in the celebrity reality TV program Hell's Kitchen. During his time on the show, Davidson attracted negative media attention. No. Over what was identified as homophobic bullying towards TV presenter and openly gay consistent Brian Dowling. Davidson asked Dowling, are you on our side? Referring to whether or not he would be participating for the boys or the girls team. Davidson used the word shirt lifters in front of him and was constantly asking if Dowling would like to try on one of John Virgo's lovely waistcoats, which Davidson owned. It's just, it's so funny. 
This is just, to me, this is like... He refuses to even learn a modern homophobic term. Like, every homophobic term he knows is from, like, 1936. I'm just laughing because, like, this, this, this energy reminds me of, like, suburban dad who really wants his teenage kids' friends to think he's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I didn't realize you could become a successful comedian that way, but then again, I didn't know all the, the majesty of this country before I moved here, so... I feel like I told this story on Britainology before, but about when I went uh, to a kid from school's birthday sleepover when I was like 12 and his dad had made a load of money from like laying railroad tracks. He had some like construction company that did railways. And uh, but he thought of himself as like a Dave Courtney, like wannabe mm-hmm. gangster type. And he was like driving us to Pizza Hut for the dinner portion of this party. And he just like and he had one of those like mid 2000s Mercedes S classes with like eight TVs in it somehow. And he just like leans over from the driver's seat, looks me dead in the eye and just goes, do you know, I own the entire collection of Ray Winston films. <laughs> and I just say nothing because I don't know what to say. And then he goes, my personal favorite is scum. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine whose dad was like this mm. and was just like, would just talk very, very like coarsely around it. Like, cause it would mm. make the teenage kids laugh. But a friend of mine was like, dude, that guy is completely insane. Like one time he was talking about, there was some girl that like, his his son and his son's friends thought was hot so like mm. they drove by her house and his dad was like honking the horn of the car like send out your pussy <laughs> <laughs> so obviously americans come out you black and pussy come out you blacks and pussies <laughs> find me like man oh my god i have even wow. there are even more stories that i don't even like like the, the one that i thought was hilarious was that apparently his son one time got some and like his he kept uh when he came home from fucking fingering some girl or whatever mm-hmm. like he kept like smelling his hand and his mom asked what are you doing uh-huh. his, dad, his dad was like honey he's obviously been hitting the tang <laughs> <laughs> Bring me, bring me your pussy, your poor, your huddled masses. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that America has mm. this guy. It's just a different version. Yeah, hitting the tang. That sounds like it would be a slogan for like a soda that was later banned for being carcinogenic. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's we have those things in space. So yeah. much corn syrup in it, you have to have like a kidney amputated or something. <sighs> you amputate a kidney? I don't know. Is, is that any limbs? Yeah, yeah, I think you have to remove a kidney. Yeah, yeah you don't okay. need amputate. Unless you, like, your kidneys are hanging on the outside, which is a problem. Yeah. That's a condition you get if you're gay. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jim Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're a shirt lifter. These <laughs> fucking kidney danglers. <laughs> That's so fucking believable. It's <laughs> like an incredibly boomer homophobic term. <laughs> What does this even mean? Pancreas waivers. Yes, well, uh, he's he's had his pancreas interfered with more than a diabetic. Um, uh, Yeah, a a sort of like weird boomer myth that having having gay sex does something to your pancreas. Exactly. Like you find some random organ that apparently it's going to cause problems to. It's like the obverse of saying that jacking off too much makes you go blind, being gay too hard makes your pancreas stop working. I don't know how this is supposed to function. That's right. You know what? That never stopped the weird boomer fucking... uh, We call the... I guess you could say old wives' tales. What do you call Like folk wisdom? What the fuck do they call those things in Britain? Yeah, like old wives' tales, yeah, I guess. That kind of shit. Like, oh yeah, you you know, this old coffee stunts your growth or whatever. And Jim Davison has many old wives. (laughs) He does. He's probably got a lot of tales as well. Man, Man has acquired some tales. Um... So we should talk a little bit about this pantomime. I, to be honest, because we both watched this a while back, our, our memories of it are going to be are going to be slightly fuzzy. Um, but I remember that at the start of the pantomime, Jim Davidson comes out on stage, and um, he explains that he's playing the character of Boots, mm-hmm. who I can't even remember what the traditionally what the character of Boots does in Cinderella. I think it's like it's it's a character that's not in the fairy tale, but that has been invented for the pantomime version so this is like actually a crucial point about british pantomimes is that like they're they're all based on fairy tales and whatever but like there's a canonical pantomime version and they all have these characters that are like they're in all the pantomimes but they're not in the fairy tale so like aladdin always has widow twanky who runs a a a washing machine that's right (laughs) and she is what ethnicity nate (laughs) uh i'm gonna guess she's Generic Asian. We're gonna go with generic oh, Asian. I think it's, but I think it's kind of Chinese. I think that's sort of what they get. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's you know, um, usually the actors are not in yellow face. I, I say usually. usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, 
<laughs> when things are aimed at children, they do think, well, we'll, we'll tone down the racism a bit, but not always. Not always. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Jim Davison comes out and explains that in his version of Cinderella, uh, Boots uh, marries Cinderella rather than the prince. And he's like, and I know that Boots isn't supposed to marry her, but I'm Boots, so that's what's going to happen because it's my pantomime. And he basically makes a point of, like, it's happening because he's horny, so he wants to marry the princess. There it is. I was just laughing because it made me realize that a non-canonical version of a fairy tale or story in which you just add new characters that then become canonical Mm. makes me realize that the uh, 2014... Twitter screenplay Marijuana Simpson that invented numerous members of the Simpsons family that don't exist <laughs> could actually be a pantomime play if brought to life. That's right, Jim Davidson Simpson. You <laughs> can only imagine. Yeah, and so then he makes he makes some various comments about how Cinderella's a right looker. Um, and so it's just, it, there's, there's a real like horny energy. Oh, it's incredibly horny, yeah. And there's just cum jokes, left, right, front and center, everywhere. Just yeah. Fuck, there were so many cum jokes. I can't remember any of them now. The one that I can remember is uh, Cinderella comes out, will hurt her two, her two horrible stepsisters who are played by dudes in drag. Yeah. And it, it plays like a fart horns version of Stevie Wonder's Isn't She Lovely when her mm. sisters come out. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's out there. And she's like, do you like my new perfume? It's called Come to Me. And the, girl, the, the sister goes, it doesn't smell like Come to Me. <laughs> I mean, the, the best joke in the show. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But that, that's what you can expect uh, from this production. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, I don't know what it is, but there's a certain kind of, um, it's, it's very odd in that like Britain has produced so much actually really good comedy, but also a lot of the most beloved comedy is like the absolute lowest common denominator like the audience at this thing are absolutely hooting and hollering at the fact that the ugly sisters are two blokes in dresses like 100% yeah they're going cra- like people are like clapping like seals for this every every time any comment is made about the appearance of the ugly sisters people are losing it like it's like fully bernie mac at the def jam comedy thing levels of just like people losing their minds <laughs> <laughs> But he's not calling his son gay when he's six years old, which was definitely a Bernie Mac thing. Or the famous, does pussy taste like pumpkin pie? (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker, I ain't never had no no pumpkin pumpkin pie. pie. (laughs) Jesus Christ, yeah. So good. Man, that Bernie Mac set is something that I just periodically return to whenever I want to. Yeah, he's he's so good, seriously. I pull my shit out of the whole room, get dark. (laughs) It's like I think we are watching it, and you're like, "This guy, this guy's absolutely killing it with like no material." Yeah, basically, and just you know, and and the fact that every time he delivers a punchline, he just has the DJ play a beat for him. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Like I feel like our jokes on the show could land so much better if we just had we added a trash future DJ. Just yeah, that say, would be good. It every time and just fucking drop some beats on it. Yeah, you know, and we all wore jeans which had our own face painted on them. Would have to be Hussein. Would have to be the DJ because he always wanted to be the D- he wanted That's to be right. DJ Mike Shinoda in uh in mm-hmm. Lincoln Park. So. You know, yeah. he can be DJ Hussein Kazvani in Trash Future. He, he just, DJ HK, he just, he just like, he plays the drop and then he goes, dumb, 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 oh, dumb. Mm. Yeah. Um, hi. Um, hello. <laughs> um, moo. <laughs> uh, moo. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a bit the listeners even know about, like the bit about like what Hussein would sound like if he was a cow. <laughs> Well, I guess we have to tell it to him now. The origin of which is that um, once, I think it was on 10K Post, Phoebe was trying to get Hussein to moo. And she discovered that he couldn't moo. Like, he just kept going, <laughs> moo. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not, that's, that's the word, but that's not how it actually sounds. And so then we got onto a bit of like, what would a cow that was Hussein actually sound like? It'd be like, uh, moo. <laughs> uh, moo. Hussein can't moo. That's incredible. <laughs> I don't know like, what that is. <laughs> He's Muslims. They come over here. They can't even move. They can't move like a fucking cow. British cows. I don't know what I don't know what cows stand like in Islamistan, but over here they go. Oh, but he makes bloody goat noises like a fucking champ, eh? <laughs> That's kind of Australian, wasn't it? Jesus. <laughs> I can only repeat British people that I've heard say things. I can't really riff on British voices. That's what the kills particular me. kind of Australian racism is that they think Muslims have only ever been exposed to goats. <laughs> I mean that that sounds like a thing an Australian would say. Let's be real. Probably, honest. yeah. Well, if you're Australian, write in. Um, don't don't write in. Um, yeah. And so then the 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 fairy godmother character is being played by like a short old man, um, who keeps coming on and making like very uh like weird and baroque comments about how horny he is. Um, 
including at one point where he is giving Cinderella the like genie lamp thing to get the actual fairy godmother or like the make the wishes or whatever. I don't know. Who is the old guy? Because you see the old guy who basically like comes up down like the, the line of the cast and is insulting all of them and like the yeah, one, yeah, yeah. the one south asian member of the cast he's like five guys named mo down the road or something like that like it's like you said some kind of really weird oblique racist joke that like yeah, yeah. i get that the joke is supposed to be making fun of him for being south asian but i don't know what he's actually saying yeah to be honest that even that one passed me by to be honest i was just like i can tell that it's racist because the audience is laughing and it's a brown guy yeah. that's all i know about what's going on right now but yeah so he's giving a he's giving a the like the lamp the lamp in inverted commas which is a huge black dildo and he's trying to explain to her that she has to like rub it to make a wish and she keeps like just like wiggling it or whatever oh and they're, they're pretending it's like an electric dildo with like vibration settings so like they get like yeah turn it up another one and she starts like violently shaking this dildo um and then she's like oh but what's it for and he like keeps obliquely hinting about what it's for but never like Anyway, she wanks off the dildo and then she gets her three wishes. That's the ultimately that's what <laughs> that's what happens. As you can tell, this is just genius stuff. Can you imagine in 1995 spending like the equivalent of 30 pounds to like come see this show and just it's just this and then getting the DVD on the way out being like hell yeah. And then be like, "Why fuck's a DVD? Oh, I've never mm. seen this before." Yeah, no, getting on VHS on your way out. Getting it on Betamax. Oh, 100%. Double the beat, a beat of max, like a beat, it's like a two beat of max set. The second beat of max is just pornography. Like that's <laughs> well, after this, you'll probably want to wank. <laughs> it's so bawdy. It's so fucking randy. Yeah, no, the the, the Cinderella character is kind of a milf, to be fair. Yeah, but I mean, sort of like British. She looks a bit like the British, like the British porn stars from the nineties. Like the nineties were really like the golden age of British porn of like kind of like the like we come round this housewife, her husband's away on business. We're gonna give her a right good seeing to, and she's like, oh, oh, you're a cheeky cunt. That 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 all kind por- of porn. All the porns, the porn actors are overdubbed, and the voice actor is just Dave Courtney. Basically, yeah, straight to I like I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben Dover. I can guess where it's going. <laughs> there is a there is a British porn star from the nineties called Ben Dover, who I, not his real name, presumably. Um, who I think he did actually an Edinburgh Fringe show like ten years ago about like his life and pornography. But he made all of these. Um, maybe we should do a Britonology on British porn. We just have to like watch a load of porn. Together. God damn it. Um, but yeah, he made all these like porn VHS tapes in the nineties, and I think made quite a lot of money out of it. But they are just like. If you think fake taxi is absurd, the bend over pornography collection is is quite something. And then like all of the like just all of the women are called like oh Wendy, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's quite. And it's always like four blokes who are all called like Darren <laughs> coming around <laughs> to your house. You're always like, oh yeah, let's have a look at let's have a look at that clunge then. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean. Um... I've told the story before about seeing Britain, British porn ads, like web banner ads on the internet in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and they were completely inscrutable to me at the time. So I can only imagine what actually watching the genuine article would be like. This geezer's got four tarts slobbing up his knob. <laughs> I think I, I, I hate repeating jokes, and I know that my dad tendency to do this, but seeing a banner ad in 2003, and it's just like, Britain's super tit queen shakes her lovely jugs for you. Yeah. <laughs> just were like, what the fuck? What? Is this English? What the fuck? Yeah, the super tit queen. Um, that exactly. was before we had the queen we have now. We had exactly. her. Yeah, <laughs> it was an interesting time. You know? Yeah, she died of her boobs being too large. Just anime figurine style. She couldn't walk. She yeah. couldn't do anything. A- expert surgeons from the Sun newspaper were sent <laughs> to try and rescue her, but sadly, uh, there was nothing they it could do. It was too late. It was just her boobs were simply too large. She began collapsing into a singularity. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's how they like it. I mean, you might not know. But I mean, you know who Katie Price is, right, Jordan? Um, think so she's like the most famous british page three girl basically and now she's like a media brand she was married to peter andre someone else who's come up on this episode and um so there was a time how oh i know how old i was because this news story came out around the time of my grandfather's funeral i was about 12 maybe 13 and uh she was considering getting a breast reduction because she had like ridiculously huge fake boobs right and uh the son and this is genuinely true, launched a campaign called Keep Em, 
where the sun were getting, they had like a cut out thing in the newspaper where you as a reader of the sun could fill out a petition to send to Casey Price that she should keep her massive boobs. And on the next page, there was a different petition to, to, to hang a group of guys who'd murdered a dog. <laughs> and if that isn't the most British two-page, one-two-punch combo you can Jesus think of. Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. Like, fucking disgusting. They've murdered a dog. They should hang them. <laughs> they keep those lovely pillows the same size. Absolutely. It's too big. <laughs> Love tits. Eight dog murderers. Simple as. <laughs> Can't reduce them. That's not patriotic. That's right. It's talking right. down British. That's the European Union. <laughs> Brussels say that Katie, Katie fucking, I think they said Katie Perry there. Very different person. Katie Price can't have boobs that big. That's right. <laughs> Just imagining some Barack EU regulation that boobs have to be a certain size, like not a thing that would ever exist, but you could absolutely convince British people that that thing existed. Like if they were willing to believe that the EU mandated that bananas had to be straight and Mm -hmm. not bent, then they absolutely would believe that like the EU was trying to make boobs illegal. Belgium trying some Baroque way to make pedophilia legal by putting a maximum on boob size. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, I mean, and yet it all it all comes back to uh, to the same culture that produced an idea that you should make dirty versions of children's nursery rhymes as a stage play. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, because we've had limericks for years, which are you know another another mm-hmm. classic. Is that is that a thing you really get in American limericks? Oh yeah, for sure. For okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just learn enough of them that yeah, you growing up and such that like the the meter and everything like is pretty common. Yeah. I mean yeah. like, you know, da 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 there once was a man from Nantucket whose dick yeah. was so long he could suck it. That man became a podcaster. <laughs> he did. He's 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 got a huge Patreon now. And the star of and Danish sh- children's TV. <laughs> See now that's a classic difference between like the Nordic, the, G- the Germanic peoples of Northern Europe and Britain is that like we're both comfortable with bawdy shit in front of children, except that like the Germanic shit is so like clinical. It's like, yes, he's a man with a very long penis. It's important that children learn about big hogs. <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. It's just a thing that some people have. It's a very big penis. I just feel like British people, if you actually go beyond softcore, they become very, very uncomfortable at it existing. Mm. But like the entire world could operate on soft, like a sort of softcore porn body hospital sort of yeah, 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 section yeah. of things, and people would be fine with it. But like the minute that it crossed into actually like having sex, they're like. Ugh. No, they clam up. Yeah, no. M- most most British people absolutely hate kink of any kind. Like they they want to come home in their Audi A3 to their Taylor Redrow house to their wife who has like medium to large breasts. Remark on the size of those breasts. Eat a meal that is composed entirely of white components, like a chicken breast, mashed potato, and some boiled cauliflower, and watch like you know like Love Island or something. Sit, go watch Love Island in the living room, which is entirely grey. Everything yeah. is grey, or Shiny silver, but something something approaching the same color. Yeah. They spend all their lives like doing like nuts magazine style, like going, Oh yeah, she's tasty, but like they never know actually what to do with a woman when they're exposed to one. <laughs> it's just like, well, missionary sex it is, I suppose. <laughs> um like the boardiness is all of the fun, really. Yeah. And- Unless you get to upper class Britons who are into like wit like in- if there's not a Nazi uniform involved, they can't even get hard. Like that's the <laughs> Well the the extent to which the uh the Tory sex party Mm. Is such a like a like like you know weird group sex party like someone can become a society figure in Britain because yeah. they're famous for organizing sex parties <laughs> and as long as like they went to a fancy enough school and mm. have the right accent everyone's just like fine absolutely yes but if you're if you're working class and do that they call it a grooming gang you know just yeah. the dichotomy of Britain unless you're like also there's like wealthy provincial baz who goes to uh, who goes to the the sex club in like Romford or whatever and like there it's like very it's like a bunch of guys who are like kind of like spiritually working class but now own two white Range Rovers and then they're at the sex club which has like a fucking fetid hot tub where like you get sucked off by this woman called Brenda who everyone in the town knows I remember, oh yeah she's a right sort I remember when I uh, when I came here for a, a job interview years ago before before I moved here permanently I had to fly out of um, Stansted Airport 
Oh, did you get in the big Stansted Airport hot tub? <laughs> well, I was thinking about Stansted and I was thinking about how to get to your gates, you have to mm. pass through like 18 different malls. Like you just can't avoid oh, it. It's yeah, like yeah, one yeah. big duty-free. Little Dubai in Essex. And, yeah. and everywhere you go, there's at, there's signs saying like, have a great holiday. Please don't assault the police or we'll have to arrest you. And I, <laughs> and I went to go use a men's room at one point and written on the, the like the wall of the toilet were like a number of different names and numbers for prostitutes in Magaluf. And yes. I was just like, this is so, this is a, if Americans could Jagaloof, see- baby. This kind of Britain, they would understand it a, little, a lot more than. Fuck, we need to do a lads' holiday episode. Ah, oh, yeah, that and that's been the thing for a long time too, hasn't it? Because I remember hearing yeah, about yeah, like yeah. '90s, the sort of shagaloof equivalent was um, going to Greece, wasn't it? I mean, maybe it's still. Oh no, is. they're all still going. Yeah, my, my my sister went to shagaloof in like 2000 or like '99, something like that. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, my sister's a lot older than me. She wasn't a child, so that would be weird. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's still a huge thing. Actually, me and my mates at Sixth Form wanted to go to, I think, Malia, which is in Crete, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but uh, we were in this kind of like big friendship group and we got voted down because like there were about 20 of us and 10 of them were kind of like my friends and then 10 of them were kind of like another group of friends but they were like loosely connected but the other like the other 10 people were like quite boring and insisted that we go to Cornwall because it would be quote unquote cheaper it was not cheaper what it was was a fuck of a lot rainier yeah, um, I can only imagine. And I missed out on my one and only opportunity to get gonorrhea. So, you know. I thought it was going to be something more interesting, though. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, we were on our way to go to Magaluf, but then like the, the, the 7-7 bombings happened. Someone punched the police. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, Milo would have been like 11 when the 7 or 12 when the 12, 7-7 yeah. bombings happened. So, yeah, that would have been a, a bit premature for a Shagaloof holiday. A little bit, yeah. yeah he's an early bloomer. <laughs> and I, I mean, was not an early bloomer. I remember seeing those photos of kids on their way to like a fucking Everton match or something like that. And they're, they're like 10 or 11-year-old kids drinking tall boys of San Miguel and I was just like Britain is a different country yes. let's be perfectly honest all of them wearing Burberry scarves like incredible stuff I'm sure you remember the uh, or maybe maybe you weren't on like British online at this point when the, there was like those pictures from an underage night at a nightclub in Kent that went viral it's like they sometimes in Kent and Essex I mean we talked about it yeah, on yeah, the suburbia yeah, yeah. thing the, the suburbia, yeah. Yeah, where they uh, they open up the nightclubs to like 16 to 18 year olds and they don't serve alcohol and like there was just amazing pictures of all these kind of like like chubby like 15 year old boys like trying to look hard in these pictures and it was oh, just like I think I've seen them I think I know what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they, they were like so they got overtaken by the nightclub meme of the guy whispering in the girl's ear who looks horrified yeah 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 another British one. nightclub photo yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, whew, it's one of those things where um, it just doesn't exist in America. So it's always hilarious to like imagine it would be interesting to grow up here and have mm. that be an option. Uh, it would be interesting to grow up and be like, oh yeah, by the way, every Christmas our family watches like a naughty version of Cinderella, yeah. or even not the body version, but just like a weird boulderized version of mm. a fairy tale adapted for the stage with like you know sub rosa dick jokes for the parents and stuff like that like but then you also realize that if you if you do grow up here then well then this is home yeah and uh, it's just normal to you yeah all this stuff is normal to you and i saw a jim david when i was a child you're kidding he didn't write the panto but he was in it um it was a production of i think dick whittington and he was dick whittington and um was he a little bit racist i can't really remember but i do remember uh at the time when I, i must have been like six i don't know it was a harlow playhouse represent um i thought that this one joke was hilarious which he was just like because they did like it's like mostly directed at the kids so you don't really get that in this panto but like they'll come out and they'll be like right children and they like throw sweets at you and shit and they try and get kids up on stage to do stuff which i would always refuse to do as a child i had like a very keen sense of my own dignity and i'm like i'm not going up there and i'd be like there'd be some like paid actor trying to drag me on the stage and i'd be like no (laughs) like that was um i was quite an insufferable child and um and at some point jim davidson was like Oh, kids, what, why is it that some chickens lay brown eggs and some chickens lay white eggs? And everyone's like, I don't know. And he's like, because some chickens don't wipe their bums. Ah. <laughs> God damn I it. thought that was fucking hilarious when I was six. <laughs> Dad occurred to me that no chickens wipe their bums. Exactly. They're a filthy animal. They're disgusting, yeah. Filthy little boy. <laughs> um, to quote Fanny Craddock. To quote me as Fanny Craddock. <laughs> I'm not sure if Fanny Craddock ever said that specific thing, but it's the sort of thing she would say. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to kind of get into the spiritual sense of this all. I mean... Fuck, that's another Britonology. I was going to say, Craddock, yeah, yeah, like going going more into detail on Fanny, Fanny Craddock, Craddock and Keith Floyd. God. So many Keiths. All of them so insane. So many Keiths. Yeah. yeah. If you're from Britain, your dad is called Keith. Do, don't at me to tell me your dad isn't called Keith and you're from Britain. Which is hilarious because I'm not from Britain and my dad is called Keith. 
My dad, oh, yeah. oh, fuck, I remember this Because your now. dad's name was My Keith. dad's called Keith. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My dad's called Keith also. Riley's dad's called Keith now, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, well, I mean, he's Canadian. He's basically British. Keith. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Keith Canada, Quinn. the Britain of North America. <laughs> That's our take. Yeah, there it is. Well, we didn't really go that much in detail on this, but I'm still just transfixed by the phenomenon of it. Yeah. That these things, for better or worse, like... If Christmas was canceled because the Blitz was happening, you're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do for the kids? I don't know. Put on a bullshit stage show. Like, that would make sense. Yeah, but you got be- the air raid warden in a dress uh, in the tube. <laughs> you're a cheeky cunt, ain't yeah. you? Like, if that was what was going on, I get it. But like that yeah. becoming like this longstanding tradition, it just seems odd to me. It's so bizarre. Like, don't get me wrong. The Northern Europeans are weird. They do TV shows about yeah. men with huge dicks and they're intended for children. <laughs> but like, they do at least get the sort of ceremonial stuff down mm. pretty well when yeah, it comes yeah, around yeah. the holidays like of course they also like have a special island off the coast it's really inhospitable where they put all the immigrants like yeah. they're not i'm not saying we should emulate everything about them no but i do find it funny sometimes that uh there is there are things here there are not as many what you would call traditions that seem to date to like the pre modern mm. era in a way like okay i think maybe- panto kind of does actually i think it's like a 19th century thing Okay. I mean, I yeah. don't know if you want to call that pre modern yeah, or not. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's not like it's not like maypoles and stuff like that, you know. It's or oh, like yeah, Morris no, you get that shit, but that's shit. weird. Yeah, Morris yeah. dancing is. It's more like it's I just, refuse to do a Britonology on Morris dancing. It's okay. We don't have to do it. I mean, like uh, they made us do maypoles in school, though. Really? Yeah. When I was growing up, they like every like uh, so, I guess in May, presumably they would bring out a fucking maypole in the school hall, and you'd have like a few PE lessons over a few weeks where you would practice like doing the fucking maypole dancing with ribbons and shit. Like Br- British school is a combination of just like constant, constant abuse and bullying, and like making the teacher cry, and also like Martin Prince's wet dream. Like, just like it's so, it's such a weird, jarring combination of things. I have, I have a reverse one for you. Then I have Midwestology for you because when I was okay. in middle school, they made us do square dancing. And oh hell yeah! So many people that I know, no matter where they grew up in America, mm. learned how to square dance. And the reason for that, and I'm not joking was the political pressure and money provided by Henry Ford to try to like encourage traditional American Protestant square dancing because he thought jazz was a Jewish conspiracy to control the mind. Awesome. I'm not joking. Like because Henry Ford was so racist and so anti-Semitic, he was like everyone in America has to learn how to square dance as a child because otherwise America will become jazz ridden and Jewish. It's so normal. It's so cool. Got- like, what, I, what I love about Jewish conspiracies, and there's so much to love about them, or rather the theories thereof, <laughs> rather than the conspiracies themselves, um, is uh, that like they will come up like there would there was an easier racist conspiracy theory. Like it would be easier to say it's a black conspiracy to make it, since it's black music, right? But they're like, no, it's like the Jews are putting them up to it. <laughs> like, well, that's that's, that's 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 the whole thing that like the the weird the weird great replacement shit is that the 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 more insanely racist people you find they basically argue that yeah all of these as they see it inferior Mm. races are being manipulated by the jewish conspiracy yeah yeah yeah. so you effectively have yeah like uh, you have to come up with an 18 times more convoluted explanation for something because you have Mm. to like tick a box for every one of the people that you're convinced is fucking you know like my dick doesn't work because you know Mossad or something like that (laughs) i hate it when they do that that's actually on the (laughs) that's the real like the the eternal like uh, unstoppable force and immovable object struggle between Mossad and the viagra corporation (laughs) (laughs) Mossad has a secret dick don't work gun they just blast people with everywhere they go yeah fermenting that's what the pfizer vaccine is really about it's about (laughs) combating Mossad's conspiracy to stop everyone's <laughs> dick from getting on well you know what i realized is that we could if, if we just ran with that sort of thing and made a stage show we could do our own panto we, Absolutely. Could, do, we could do we could literally do our own every time the massad agents come on stage they get booed <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be kind of funny to do like a fake panto radio play but we are going to make your dick soft and everyone's like <laughs> <"Boo."> <laughs> No more Christian babies from your broken dick. Who's <laughs> Barack? Erection destroyer. And a man who has worn a dress. Yes, El Barack has worn drag. He could yeah. be a British comedian. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that would rule. I would love to do the Mossad pantomime. 
Well, specifically, now they have a do one just in house, <laughs> just at Masad headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like a bit of fun at the end of the year, like Ehud Barak. Well, we have wi- a little bit of this budget left. It's time to uh, have some fun. Put on a dress. No, no, we're not doing mission in Beirut right now. Just put on a dress. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? This has been Britonology. I has. am, as always, Nate Bethay. I'm, I'm as always Marlo Edwards. Um, if you want to watch Cinderella, the entire thing is on YouTube. You don't have to spend £15 on Jim Davidson's website for a DVD. You absolutely do not. I love that Jim Davidson hasn't even been bothered to lodge a copyright claim because he knows that all the people buying his DVDs cannot use the internet. Like, there's no <laughs> chance of them ever finding it on YouTube. There is no overlap on those fucking Venn diagrams. Yeah. They can't even operate the DVD player. Like, they're buying that DVD and then getting their grandson to put it in the DVD player for them. As they've got like a fucking uh, container of lube and tissues sat next to them. Every time he sells it, for every one time he sells a DVD, he gets 10 emails about how do I open PDF. So that's right. That's his fan base. That's why he stays racist as shit. And you know what? I think as long as there is a Britain, mm. there will be a Jim Davidson analog. That guy oh, will exist. That guy is eternal. There will never be a Jim Davidson digital. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely anathema to them. Um, well, in that case, until next time, there's actually going to be two Britonologies this month. So uh, there is indeed. we are in the content mines for you people. And uh, if you're listening to this one, thanks for subbing to the $10 tier. Thank you very a much. Special bonus just for you guys. The, the Golden Hawks. <laughs> oh, to the tune of the 1995 Tina Turner song, Goldeneye. Yeah. Golden Hawks. <laughs> You're like you're in the inner circle. You're you're like the eyes wide shut trash future party. You do not want to be at that party. <laughs> no. All right, everyone. We cannot legally say what would be at that party. <laughs> Riley would get upset. Have a good one, everyone. See you later.